This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of Seattle Sports at Night right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. We got Seahawks insider Stacey Rost here. We got myself, Curtis Rogers. We will be with you for the next hour here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Stacey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Curtis. How yeah, are you? I'm doing doing real good. It's been it's been a while since it's just been you and I. I know. I'm always stuck with Jake. Ugh, the, the old ball and chain known so as Jake. Annoying. Uh, I'm a responsible parent. <laughs> I throw me. footballs really mm, far. I'm a good person. Oh, no. okay, I show Jake. up to work on time every wow, day. Wow, I'm really impressed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you Jake. You know, Jake, it's called being cool. Yeah. Why don't you be late for once? <laughs> Uh, this is why I'm popular and yeah. everyone likes me. Yeah, because I'm responsible with my time. Oh, I respect other people's space and time. Yeah. Stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we actually do like Jake. It I may know, sound, but I like that we now have this tradition yeah. of every time Jake isn't here, we make fun of him. It may sound as though we just cannot stand him, but that's the furthest from the truth. We enjoy having him around, but do we? Yeah. I do. No, I do. I know. There's still some tension no, we between love you Jake. two. We love Jake. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it 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 doesn't help that in addition to being like a talented athlete, he's also the nicest person. He is. He's super nice. Yeah. He's a he's a great family person and yes. this is why I think we should be mad cuz he never invites us on his family's vacations. Yeah. And like, B Jackson had his third birthday party. And where were uh, I know. where were Auntie Stacy and Uncle Curtis's Hello. invites? I guess uh he said his wife Brooke and his sister in law made all these amazing snacks. They look phenomenal. You know who got no snacks? Uh that'd be us. That would be your co workers. Mm, your co hosts. Your co hosts. Yeah. Like we're not just workers. Like we we have we're bled together. We have, we yeah, we are up late during the week. Have I been in a situation where I've had to take a bullet for Jake Heaps? No, I have not. But would but would I do it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe I would. <laughs> but when that situation might present itself, we'll have to find out. Well, and I'm just gonna think. I don't know. Did I get a piece of Jackson's birthday cake? No, I didn't. All right, sorry, Jake. Mm. Hate to see it. Hate <laughs> to see it. But. Uh, well, I mean, with that out of the way, I don't think there's a better time than to find out what is on Tuesday night's timeline. I mean, Stacy Curtis. Yeah, I mean, enough with talking about Jake. You're we, right. Yeah, we've made it we, too much of a habit. Yeah, because we've got. He's actually going to be here with us tomorrow. I know it's going to so be awkward. I hope that he doesn't. You know, maybe he doesn't hear this. It's too late. Yeah, that's true. He's got to put Jackson in bed. Uh, but uh, so the biggest news over the last 24 hours or so on tonight's timeline, the Seahawks, they've announced their training camp schedule. You know when you're going to be over at Seahawks headquarters just about every single day from mm-hmm. July through August. Uh, first practice is going to be July 25th. Uh, tickets, I believe, are already like sold out for this thing. Uh, oh, they, no, on the 20th. So June 20th is when registration opens, I believe. And that's for... All of them, with the exception of, I believe, August 15th is only season ticket holders. Mm. Um, But they have, uh, all of them are going to be at Seahawks headquarters. But then August 3rd, they're having a a kind of an open practice. It's still, I think, a $10 event fee, but having an open practice in Bothell. Yeah, Popkini Stadium, August 3rd. That's going to be cool to see them. Uh, Just 
in a different setting than their own headquarters. And also to give fans who aren't able to make the trek over to Renton mm-hmm. or aren't able to afford tickets at CenturyLink Field uh, to go see the Seahawks in a setting where, you know, it's a stadium setting and you, know, you get to see Russell Wilson playing at Popkini Stadium. Well, and they're going to make it kind of like an event. Like they'll have the Seagulls there yeah. and, and some stuff that they wouldn't. Uh, they kind of have them at, at practice and training camp, but I think they're really putting – it sounds like they're going to put effort in into making it a fun community event. So Looking forward to that. Cool. I believe that's a Saturday, so August 3rd. But, uh, yeah, we're about a little over a month away from Seahawks training camp getting underway. Uh, but right now the Mariners, they're dealing with a lot of injuries on their roster. Never-ending. Yeah, and, and it's not just injuries, the typical ones you see in baseball. It's sprains. bad injuries. Yeah, it's like legit serious ones. You've got – Braden Bishop, first off, with a lacerated spleen that he is ju- that he's like just now recovering from. I believe he has six to eight weeks left in his recovery. You had Mitch Haniger with a ruptured testicle, which still weeks after that fact, like it still is unsettling to hear. Yeah. And then you've got Ryan Healy, who's been out for a while now, and he's been diagnosed with spinal stenosis. Which, if that sounds familiar, it's the same injury that forced Seahawks safety Cam Chancellor to retire. Baseball obviously being less Mm -hmm. violent than football. Maybe something that Healy can come back from. But it's just one after another. Like, in this season of stepping back, it it stinks that these injuries have happened to players where I think they are pieces that the front office really wants to be involved mm-hmm. in, and I think they want these guys beyond 2019 but to see them dealing with injuries that really there's not a whole lot you can do about and they're injuries that last weeks that have longer timelines yeah and it's just uh yeah it's weird I was talking with um G Scott earlier uh over he hosts Cairo Knights and he was talking with me and more about the season and we were saying how the Mariners just franchise as a whole, not just in baseball, but across all leagues, is just one of the least kind of yeah. successful in the postseason four, franchises for playoff appearances. In like 43 seasons. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. And uh, it's not a dig, it's just the truth. And so we were just talking about how how kind of odd that is, that even after, like for instance, I know the Cleveland Browns weren't great for a long time and people looked at them as the kind of epitome of an unsuccessful franchise, but they used to be great and yeah. they're kind of on the up and up now. The 50s so, and 60s, they were yeah. like the best team in football. Oh, they helped set the standard for a lot of uh, like defensive formations, the idea of having like a 4-3 or whatever, part of that came from games between like the Giants and the Browns back in the day. And so they had a, they were a big part of like building what the NFL is. That being, that's a really long tirade. But what I'm saying is it's far more normal that teams ebb and flow than it is that you just kind of stay unlucky. And that's when you're wondering, like, is it luck? Yeah. That's, I'm getting a little conspiracy theory, this, but it is weird. Is this a curse? Coming up in about, it's a tw- curse. Oh. <laughs> coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to take a look at what uh, John Morosi uh, Fox Sports baseball insider who joined Brock and Self earlier on Tuesday. We'll hear what he had to say about the Mariners and as they undergo this rebuild or retool, whatever you want to call it, what the biggest concern with that is. That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now, uh, 48 hours from now. That's quite the tease F- from 20 minutes to 48 hours. Uh-huh. The NBA draft going on. Yeah. Uh, Zion Williamson, the presumptive number one overall pick, but a local, couple of local guys. You got Gonzaga's Brandon Clark and Rui Hachimura probably going to go in the lottery or late lottery. And then even more local, you've got 
UW's Matisse Thibel. Uh, ESPN, their latest NBA mock draft had him being selected number 28 overall, which, I mean, that's first-round pick. That is very impressive. But the team that would be selecting him at 28 overall, Golden State Warriors, not a bad landing spot. No, not at all. And I know that the conversation – you know, through the NBA playoffs and into the offseason is going to be not just how long they can keep everyone together, but what the Warriors uh, franchise is going to look like in, in two, three years and, and whether you can stay on top and, and which stars are going to leave. But I still think you've got some staples there that aren't going anywhere, and that would be yeah. a great landing spot for Thibel. Yeah, and you look at Matisse Thibel, his kind of game, he, he makes his hay on the perimeter defensively. You know who else is there in Golden State that he can learn from and is one of the most respected veterans in the NBA? Andre Iguodala. Right. If Matisse Thibel can develop into a player like him, that's going to make for a long career in the NBA. And there's a role for you on that team. Yeah. You aren't competing for for the kind of like star power that you know Curry would have. You're you're there learning, and there's already a spot that you can fill and a role you can fill if you can step up. Exactly. And I think Thibel is a guy who is not going to try to be a player that is not. He's not going to go out there and right. force the issue and just jack up shots like crazy. Like he knows defense is how is where his value is and and he's not going to try to be anything that he's not. I think he's going to be able to develop into a little more of a score in the NBA just because mm-hmm. the coaching is so much better in the NBA than it is in in the college ranks. But uh, if he can land, you know, with a team that is, uh, you know, in the playoff hunt, I think that's going to be very exciting to see. Just he's a guy who, by all accounts, is one of the great people that have come through UW's athletic department over the last four seasons. So. Hopefully he finds himself in a good landing spot in the next couple of nights. Uh, A couple more things. The Warriors, speaking of them, they took out a full-page ad in the Toronto Star to congratulate the Raptors on their NBA title. This seems to me like something a team that just wins all the time would do and just be like, um, congratulations. (laughs) Do you think it's rude? Uh, A little bit. Really? Let's say... Okay. Let's say... After Super Bowl forty nine, the Seahawks had just won 48. They lose to the Patriots... If the Seahawks had taken a full page ad on the Boston Globe, how would Seahawks fans respond to that? They'd been like, I don't what think, the heck? Like, yeah, let's... but I think that you should look at it as if the Seahawks were to beat the Patriots in 49, or if another team that was uh, a little more of a wild card, say the wild card team had come in and beaten the Patriots, uh, you know, like, like the Baltimore like the Giants. Ravens. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the Patriots had taken out an ad, I think that's maybe what you're looking at there, is a team that has always won and that has won this very recently, being like, you know what, it's good that someone else has it. Although I didn't see it that way. But If we couldn't have it, we're glad it's you guys. <laughs> that's what that is. Just... It, I don't I don't need that in my life. I'm just saying. Uh, also, what else I don't need is Brett Favre retirement, unretirement talks, which I thought we had put in our rear view yeah. years ago. Uh, but his Instagram account, his verified Instagram account... Uh, was hacked. ...posted allegedly. earlier today that... Yeah, allegedly hacked. He posted that he was coming out of retirement for 2020 or something. Uh, it was later deleted. The quote is, a true champion sticks to his or her calling. I'll be coming out of retirement and making my return to play in the NFL for the 2020 season. Stay tuned for more hashtag news. Well, Favre then spoke to TMZ, who reached out to him, and TMZ... Like him or hate him or, or like him, I tend to like him actually. They always have everything. Yeah, and they're usually right about what That's they the have. Thing. Uh, he responded saying that his account was hacked and he didn't post that. Mm-hmm. So 
We will stay tuned for more news. Honestly, that, the only thing that initially made me think it was real was the hashtag news. Because mm. I thought, this seems like something someone in their 50s would use as a hashtag. Yeah. Well, speaking of people in their 50s using hashtags, we're going to get into some reckless social media behavior put forth by a governing body in sports. A, a very visible one at that, too. Uh, Manny Machado, a couple nights ago, he got into an argument at home plate and the MLB Umpires Association today, they got on their high horse about it and paraded around and stuck out their chest. And I'm going to tell you why I am livid with how they have handled this situation. That's coming up next. Curtis Rogers and Stacy Rost here on Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. You can listen to the show via the 710 Sports app. It is driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. In about a half hour from now, we will answer your text questions to the Coors Light text line 710-710. It'll be time for you to ask us anything. You can do that right now if you want. I mean, you don't just have to. Yeah, text them in. I'll save them. Exactly. Stacey Rost, our Seahawks insider, she's here. I'm Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps. He's out for the night. But uh, earlier today, I saw a tweet come across my timeline that I just, it did not sit right with me, especially with like the voice that it used Mm -hmm. and also the absurd amount of hashtags that came with it. The hashtags was the most offensive part to me, honestly. But why don't you explain the background? So Manny Machado, superstar third baseman of the San Diego Padres, he got into a, you know, a shouting match as baseball players tend to do, uh, managers tend to do every now and then when a call doesn't go their way. He was ejected and... In this moment, he threw his bat against the backstop of the stadium in which the the game was taking place, and I think it was in Arizona or was in San Diego. It was one of the two stadiums. Um, And he was suspended for a game. Now, Major League Baseball, they have an umpires association, which is the union that they belong to. Uh, Umpires have a union, and they tweet out every now and then about things going on in the game maybe missed calls or, or what looked like to be missed calls or situations where guys get ejected and maybe there's some gray area there. Well, today they released a statement about Manny Machado, and it starts off, uh, they tweeted it out with, I believe it's the Apple Notes application. Uh, and then they also, before that, they go, hashtag disappointed, hashtag, hashtag lead by example, hashtag not appreciated, hashtag violence, Hashtag temper tantrum, hashtag inaction, hashtag not tolerated, hashtag make an example of, hashtag one game suspension, hashtag repeat offender, hashtag nonsense, at MLB, at Padres, and then for some reason at Buster Olney of ESPN. Yeah, so he could get on that report. Yeah, and then the statement goes like this, and I'm going to try and read it in my best stuffy old person voice. Oh, I like that. Manny Machado received a one-game suspension for contact with an umpire over balls and strikes and, in all capitals, violently throwing his bat against the backstop with absolutely no regard to anyone's safety. Violence in the workplace is not tolerated, and offenders are dealt with severely and even made examples of for the good of its employees as well as the company itself. Is this truly what MLB wants to teach our youth? 
And that ends the statement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stacy, when I read that, mm-hmm. first off, I fear for any store managers that this person oh, comes in contact bad. with. This person has absolutely asked to see the manager. Oh, 1,000%. Uh, secondly, this kind of statement says to me that there is a disrespect between umpires and players. And mm-hmm. I feel like umpires are feel like it's us against them and they're umpiring against players. Whereas right. umpires are there to hold the integrity of the game in place. They're there to enforce rules but not become a part of the game mm-hmm. itself. They're just there to make sure that everything goes smoothly and to have this response to a player throwing their bat out of frustration and it hits the backstop, whatever. It didn't hurt anybody. No one was hit with the bat. It It is such an overreaction mm-hmm. that it just reinforces every kind of stereotype out there about Major League Baseball umpires and really referees and, and umpires in general about how desperately they want to be like a part of the game when they're just there to make sure it goes smoothly and not really be seen or heard from. Yeah, I don't... I mean, to me, okay, so Deadspin had uh, their title, which I think sums this up nicely, is MLB umpires throw a whiny tantrum over Manny Machado's whiny tantrum. Because I'm not excusing Machado. Like, I think, yeah. you know, if you if you yell like that and you react like that, like, it's not weird I, to be ejected for Yeah, that. I think his suspension is, is, is worthy of what it, he did. It, I think it kind of makes sense in light of, like, I think... I think most players on most teams would get a similar uh, result and acting out that way, right? Yeah. That being said, um, to make it weirdly personal seems very strange for what should essentially be like a silent, not a governing body, but a silent, unbiased uh, kind of body that just kind of, again, like like you said, your job is to oversee the integrity. You're not... Uh, at odds with players. It is very weird to make this personal. It is weird to use make an example of as a hashtag with a player and to to be disciplinary. It's not your job to be disciplinary. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's inappropriate. Yeah, and I get the sense that, you know, with all those hashtags and the wording that was used in the statement, like, it's such a condescending tone. Like, Manny Machado... Oh, it totally is. Manny Machado's, what, 26, 27 years old. Like, he knows he did something wrong. Like, You'd be so absurdly like oblivious to this anything reads going like around. an angry uh, Twitter person that has the basic uh, profile that doesn't have a picture, like just the an egg profile, the egg profile, or the new version of that, and they have like twenty seven numbers in their Twitter account, and they tweet at you something really awful using all caps uh, or spelling errors. This reads like that, and it's from a professional organization yeah a verified umpires union account like this is it's just absurd to see that happen i can't imagine ever seeing this from an nfl referees account i don't think they have one Uh, i know the nba referees do and they don't i i've never seen anything like this from them and I, i think it also reinforces the stereotype of like mlb umpires being the stodgiest and crustiest yeah. and curmudgeoniest of all the the four major sports when it comes to umpire player relations, umpire coach relations. Well, and they also, I think it is more than any. Well, maybe not with the NFL, but it is not at all weird for people to know, like, oh, Angel Hernandez. Like people know CB Buckner exactly. 
guys that they immediately are like, we have issues with this guy. Yeah, this guy, his strike zone is garbage. This guy loves to be a part of the game, and he loves to see his face on camera. Right. He loves to have his name in headlines. He doesn't care about whether the calls are right or not. He just wants people to know who he is. I just think that's weird. I don't know if that's the incentive behind it. Do you really think that? I don't think that's the case. I think that, I hope it's not. I think that this is um, people who feel defensive and weird that get really personal about a young player who they feel like should be listening to them because they are like a teacher in this case and this is like a student and it's a very like patronizing kind of relationship they're imagining in their brain and I just think that's not the place that they occupy so they shouldn't be acting like they do and so that's how this reads to me I don't I don't know about like trying to be part of the game maybe some umps do but I think that this is more just people, like you said, being stodgy, just being kind of, this is inappropriate. It and is. It doesn't. It does nothing. It doesn't mean to, to me that they are like trying to make it personal on the reason of wanting to have more of a say. It seems like making it personal because you think that players are against you or people don't respect you. And, and it's, it's just weird. It does nothing to alleviate the situation. And I can't imagine when, yeah, and I can't imagine like Manny Machado is going to go out in his next game that he's going to play and he's going to be like shaking hands with umpires. If he thinks that the entire group of umpires, like this is representation of all umpires. Like Mm -hmm. even if there are friendly ones out there who players respect and players have high opinions of and they hold guys in high regards, like all of a sudden now Manny Machado, when he sees this, and I'm sure he's seen this. There's no way he's going to continue to have respect for the umpires that he may ha- that he may get along with because this represents the voice of all umpires whether they agree with it or not and it's just it's just another it's a black eye on baseball when there's a sport that continually gets criticized for being stuck in the mud and for being, you know, very hoity-toity mm-hmm. and just not willing to allow people to to express themselves and or to now, like we said, we're not justifying Machado's behavior in this because he did get suspended and he threw his bat and whatever. Uh, but this is actually a really good point. Yeah. Can I say it? Yes. Okay. Uh, Alex Wood, a pitcher for the Reds, says, I don't understand how this tweet is permitted by the umpires union or at MLB. There's a reason players don't take to social media on a daily basis to bash umpires or call them out. It's because it's simply not allowed. And if a guy does it, he gets fined, which is. That's a very fair point. Yeah. If Manny Machado bashed an umpire on Twitter, he'd get fined. He'd get suspended. Why can umpires then do that without repercussion? And uh, the MLB did say. In their own statement, this is from, let's see, who is this guy? Oh, he's uh, Padres reporter Dennis Lynn. Um, The MLB said that they, Manny, Mr. Machado is appealing the suspension. We do not believe it is appropriate for the union representing major league umpires to comment on the discipline of players represented by the Players Association, just as it would not be appropriate for the Players Association to comment on disciplinary decisions made with respect to umpires. Um, we also believe it is inappropriate to compare this incident to the extraordinarily serious issue of workplace violence. So I don't know what's happening more than that. Like it was just a quick, uh, 
Yeah, it, it's it's but. under appeal. So with that, Machado is allowed to play until a decision is made in the appeals case, which will come down within the next few days, I would imagine. But mm-hmm. it's just it, it is just so Major League Baseball. Like this is a a problem that I, I feel like is only in Major League Baseball, and I mean, I don't know who's running this account, but <laughs> yeah, like hand over the password or something or. or Turn it in, cause yo, or they need to get like an eighteen-year-old in there, like that news clip a couple months ago, where they're like, oh, crrr, uh, it's v no! v good out there. Do you think there. they were trying to make it like an anti-joke, like they were purposely trying to be cringy? No, you don't. These are umpires, Stacey. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, not in this case. Oh, I mean the oh, crrr, oh, like the uh, weather. Yeah, I think they were I trying to so. go as far overboard as possible, being like Steve Carell. Yeah. This is not a joke. Yeah, it's not. This is very serious. Well, it is a joke now. Yeah, it is. Uh, Make sure you're texting in the questions uh, to the Coors Light text line for Ask Us Anything. 710-710. We'll do our best to answer those. But coming up next, John Morosi of Fox Sports, he joined Brock and Salk earlier today, and he shared what his biggest concern with the Mariners' rebuild is. Is he right in this concern? We answer that next. Curtis Rogers and Stacey Rost. Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Curtis Rogers and Stacey Rost here on Seattle Sports at Night. Make sure you're downloading our podcast on 710sports.com. Click on the podcast page. You can also subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. It's there for you. No reason for you to not be listening to the podcast if you've missed anything here tonight. But uh, coming up, we answer your questions and ask us anything. Text those into the Coors Light text line, 710-710. That's about 15 minutes from now. But, Stacy, earlier today, Brock and Salk, as they're joined biweekly uh, with Fox Sports' John Morosi, talking a lot about the Mariners. And with the Seahawks on pause until July 25th, uh, nothing on the Bobby Wagner front. The Mariners and the rebuild and all these trades that they're doing or not doing, that is that is what is prime It's what we have. Points. It is. It's what we gotta work with. Look. Look. It's you'll eat it bad, and you'll like it. Yeah, okay. Like just stick tight, folks. Okay. I know there's a tremendous appetite for the Seahawks, but tonight, uh, we're gonna take a listen to what Tonight we're serving Mariners. We nice. are. Yeah. It's uh compliments of the chef. Uh, John Morosi of Fox Sports, he joined Brock and Salk, and uh, he talked about his biggest concern in the Mariners' rebuild, and that is what has inspired tonight's Big If True. This can't be happening! Big. You can't be serious, man. If. Did Did he he say say that? that? True. History is going to change. The bottom line on the hottest opinions of the day. You cannot be serious! So tonight's Big If True, John Morosi, who the... Mariners are definitely in the midst of a sell-off. They're in the midst of a fire sale. Edwin Encarnacion shipped out earlier this week. Mike Leake's name has been involved in a lot of trade discussions. Jay Bruce has already been moved to the Phillies organization. Could D. Gordon join those guys getting traded? Now, a big thing that we've heard over the last couple weeks is how much money the Mariners are saving in moving Bruce and Encarnacion. They're saving X amount of dollars because mm-hmm. the Yankees are picking up this tab or the Phillies have agreed to pick up a couple million dollars of what Bruce is owed. Morosi talks about why saving money makes sense, but 
why that may not matter when it comes to the Mariners. I get it on some level that you're you're building yourself some flexibility, and that's a good thing. But for what end? Unless you're going to be able to sign, for example, Francisco Lindor in in a couple of years when he becomes a free agent, you you've just got to be at that point in time the most competitive, most compelling place to go to. And right now, I can't imagine many people so? are. Uh, no, I no. don't at all. Like not even a little bit that the Mariners are the most compelling place to bring in a free agent of Francisco Lindor's caliber or of anybody in the, on that level. Uh, if they do have to bring in a free agent like that, they're going to have to take the route they took with Robinson Cano and just money. massively overpay him, give him a ten-year deal. Yeah, and really, you know, on the back end of that, as we've seen now with Cano being shipped to New York where the Mariners are just having a huge sigh of relief because he's not here and he's severely underperforming this season. But you look at the Mariners and their culture that they built here, or actually the culture that they have yet to build in Seattle, Like I can't imagine it's going to compare nicely to, let's say, a Yankees team that throws the exact same money out there that the Mariners will, or the Cubs, or the Cardinals, or any team like that. And Morosi then goes on to say that, yeah, the Mariners don't have an attractive culture. You've got to develop a culture where, where players are going to want to play for you. We already know very well, and this goes back to the beginning of time of baseball in Seattle, there are some geographic difficulties at times. If a player's from the southeast, they want to play a little closer to home, that's a real thing. So you've got to have some things that override that and make it the most appealing place to sign when you can sign anywhere, and, and that's going to be a challenge. You've got to have a winning culture in place for someone to, to take a chance on you, or you got to overpay. You know, global warming could make Seattle a more interesting market for mm. players in about 20 years. Yeah, but something what about, about what if the Puget Sound floods in? Also something to think about. Yeah, and then what about bees? They're, what about di- the they're dying at a rapid rate, and we need to be concerned about that. This just feels like a catch-22 for the Mariners. And I have to think that like when other teams were rebuilding, they they were really bad at the time and didn't have anything appealing to offer free agents uh, to sway them to come over. So what did they do to make it work? Well, I mean, it's been done. In the Cubs instance... They managed to hit on great draft picks. They had Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, uh, and then they made a trade for Anthony Rizzo. So they were able to show they had promise. Yeah. They weren't saying you have to put it all on yourself. But also, the Cubs went out and spent money. They spent money on John Lester, who's a front front end of the rotation starter. They spent money on Jason Hayward, who's been their starting right fielder for the last like. So the Mariners are trying to find Gucci at Value Village. Yes. Got it. And sometimes you can do that. You can't, Curtis. Not with that attitude. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> the Mariners are trying to do that. That's why they, they made this trade with the Yankees, where they brought in a 19-year-old uh, right-handed pitcher, Juan Then, for Endwood Encarnacion. Yeah, Juan Then may not be anywhere near the major leagues, but who's to say what the development right. of a 19-year-old is going to be like when they're 23 and 24 years well, old. Well, and Brock Heward mentioned Eddie Diaz yeah. uh, being, what was he, like a 17th overall prospect for the Mariners, in the Mariners system. Yeah, and, and he just absolutely exploded and became the best. Their best reliever ho- yeah. in recent years. He yeah. became their best homegrown product. Mm-hmm. I would say, man, it is probably since Felix Hernandez. Yeah. In terms of just overall top-end talent. In years. Here. Uh, yeah. 
And Felix was 2004 he made his debut. So, Which is when I made my debut to high school. Whoa. Which is when I made my debut to second to, grade. Yeah, to like fifth grade. No. Uh, like middle school. Point being that yeah. we're now grown adults, and that's a long time. It is. It is. But I want to get back to the whole Mariners saving money thing and how that is should be a reason why these moves are, are viewed as, as great. Baseball doesn't have a salary cap. Saving money in baseball does you nothing the way it does in the NFL mm-hmm. and the way it does in the NBA and the way it does in hockey. Saving money doesn't get you any closer to a World Series in the immediacy unless you commit to spending the money that you've saved elsewhere. So would that be the only incentive for Seattle? Like, why would Seattle save money in this deal? Is the hope then that, like, well, we can spend it long term? That's the only thing, right? I think so. Like, that's really it. I believe so. And unfortunately, you look at next year's free agent class – there isn't anybody that I would look at and say, I'm going to spend $200 million on this guy, go all in with him. Then it doesn't seem like it lines up very much with their idea that they're going to contend in 2021. Exactly. And which was the worst thing that the Mariners front office did this offseason was give a timeline of when they thought they would be ready. Because now, if they're not competitive in 2020, if they win 65 games next year, the fan base that has a foot out the door already, mm-hmm. they're looking for a reason to jump. It's the difference between saying, oh, my God, we should go for coffee Saturday with someone you never want to see. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my God, we should go for coffee. Yeah, let's talk later. Let's figure it out. Exactly. You never lock yourself into a deadline. Never. Do not commit to anyone no. or anything. That's exactly. what I. That's how I live my life. Yeah. And that's I think Graz has told us the exact same thing. Yeah. Like, just never, never make a commitment. But the Mariners made a mistake by doing that, and I they agree did. with you there. And uh, and they they could set themselves up for failure by doing that. Also, they did set themselves up for a, a goal to work hard towards, which maybe they're able to benefit from it. But with the current trajectory of the ball club, I don't see 2020 as being realistic for uh, at least a winning season, 82 wins. I think we're looking at 21, maybe 22. Do you think it's more in line with the track that, like, Jared Kelnick and maybe Julio Rodriguez and those guys are on that, like, by the time they are – so maybe more like a three-year kind of track? Yeah, I think they are in a position to compete further down the road. But I'm saying, like, it was originally – planned as this idea where we're going to compete and then we're going to have this second wave of great players and a third wave of great players. And it sounds like, what if those guys usher in that wave, the first wave? Yeah, I think the wave that they thought was going to come in this offseason, the Malik Smiths and Domingo Santanas mm-hmm. and, and Yusei Kikuchi, I think even to a, a lesser extent, I think they thought this wave was going to come in and really set a good foundation for them to build on with that next wave, the Justice Sheffields and the Justin Dunns, when they would come in, and then on top of those guys, you right. bring in the Kelnicks and then the Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. So I think they are behind schedule when it comes to having a foundation in place to build upon. But do you think they didn't hit with Kikuchi and Not Santana yet. and Smith, or do you think that it's still just way too early to, to say whether or not they did? I think it's too early to say that they've, had a massive success or a massive disappointment with any of them. Obviously, Smith had been, has been disappointing up until the last couple of weeks when he's really turned it on. Um, but I think that the delaying of the success 
of those guys and Mitch Haniger also in that group. I think that has been a disappointment to the organization, and I think they look at it right now as saying, okay, like when are these guys going to get it going? Because we have 2020 in mind, and then, well, maybe it's 2020 when these guys finally latch on. Mm -hmm. Or who knows if these guys will be here. I think Kikuchi is the only guy guaranteed to be here in 2020. So – I mean, it is just a it is a wild time right now for the Mariners, and it is a little discouraging to watch them like go out and trade Edwin Encarnacion and Jay Bruce and get back pennies on the dollar. Right, and hopefully they can use the nickels and dimes that they've saved in all this to go out and get something. Do you truly take them to Coinstar? Get a, a whole dollar. <laughs> exactly. Throw it all in there. Yeah, what? pour it in. Have That's... everyone look at you when you're in the store because yeah. it's making a ton of noise. Bring in one of those, like, 10-gallon jugs. Pretend you're doing it for your mom. Yeah. Sorry, my mom saved so many coins. I know it's weird. <laughs> this isn't to buy myself gas. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, have you ever used Coinstar for just, like, a, a basic necessity? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had when use... I was in college, that was a frequent... Uh, visit of mine was to take all the change that I could find to Coinstar and be like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. I think <laughs> let's the, get some groceries. the most I got in a one Coinstar trip was like $35. That's a good trip. Yeah. Which was enough for like three quarter tank of gas. Yeah. So like I'm doing it like next five days. I'm good on gas. Yes. And then you remember all the times when you saw like a random dime or a quarter and you just kind of, you didn't think twice about it, and you're like, where was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, those kinds of questions, we're going to need them next in Ask Us Anything. Text those in to the Coors Light text line, 710-710. We'll do our best to answer those next. Curtis Rogers, Seahawks insider Stacy Ross, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Seattle Sports at Night. Curtis Rogers and Stacey Rost here with you for just a little while longer. Wipe that sleep out of your eyes, Stacey. I know it's, Sorry. it's super late. I'm just zoning yeah. right now. Well, luckily for you and I, we'll be on earlier tomorrow. We'll be we on, will. We'll be on following the Mariners postgame show. So, And we should have Jake with us, but it's his birthday, so Ooh, he might ditch. Yeah. And the only excuse he has is that he then brings us birthday snacks on yes, Thursday. exactly. Cupcakes, muffins, Only. anything like that. Baked goods. Yeah, whatever it is you want to bring us, Jake, that uh, we have definitely... We are we open are, to that. Yeah, we're definitely expecting some kind of right. goodies. So it's up to you now to follow through on something what you have not agreed to. will you be? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We're like your offensive line, Jake. Right. You get your we're offensive line We're pitting our gifts. bodies out there we're grinding we're we're taking a physical toll staying up late we expect the quarterback to give us you know yeah russell, playstations russell wilson or gives whatever his video game consoles like, yeah. kids get yeah no, that, are playstation still a thing they are yeah okay. i've i've got a ps4 so. sweet uh yeah russell wilson gives his offensive linemen tvs and like Alaska Airlines. I'm not flights. telling Jake to get us TVs. I am. If he wants I'm to. telling him to get us TVs. That would be a great thing. That's I, I speak for yourself. We ended Stacey. our last segment yeah. with like, you know how you used to turn change into trying to buy groceries, yeah. <laughs> and now it's like I'm expecting a TV. Uh, my friendship is that important to Jake, who he probably had no idea who I was 
what, six months ago? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But uh, yeah, that's that's how far our friendship has come. Yeah, I think months. it's a beautiful thing. It is. What you guys have become. Yeah, we're, we're, we're best buds. I know. Myself and, and Jake, I don't know what his middle name is, Heaps. Him uh, and I, yeah, Aloysius. I, he told me the other day. It starts like, with a T. Tyler or something? Yes. Yeah, it's not. Is it Tyler? I don't know. It's T for sure. Yeah. But uh, that brings us to tonight's uh, Ask Us Anything on the Coors Light text line 710-710. Stacey, what are you seeing out there that's catching your eye? So here's the thing. I'm actually going to start with a tweet from Jeff Passan. Okay. Was this like breaking news or something? No, this is something that just came across my timeline. It's actually <clears throat> from like way earlier today. Okay. But- This is a question for you from me, because I want to see if you agree with me. Mm -hmm. If you were, if you were between the ages of 10 and 20 in the 90s, can you technically be a child of the 90s, a kid of the 90s? No. That's my thought. Jeff Passan has the audacity, uh, born in 1980, still very young, only in his 30s, uh, saying, he's answering a question about the best movie soundtracks of all time. And he says, as a kid of the 90s, singles is the only right answer. What? You're not a kid of the 90s, A kid of the 90s? No, that would be me being like coming out and saying like something from a movie, like the Spice World soundtrack, because I was a child in the 90s and and you're a kid in the 90s. And there's nothing wrong with just admitting that you were a kid of the 80s. Yeah. Be open about it. And also, like, singles, like, it makes it so clear you're not, it's like, yeah, you know, as a kid of the 90s, my my favorite snack was a Zima. Yeah. (laughs) You can't say that. By the way, the real right answer of Best Movie Soundtrack? uh, It's Spice World. Either that or Space Jam. Although, R. Kelly's been canceled, but. Space uh, Jam was, yes. It was up until probably about, like, six or seven years ago. Right, right. But until then. yeah. Anyways, I'm glad you agree with me on that. Let's yes. get to actual questions. Um, what's something you can't believe people enjoy doing? I'm uh, going to say hiking. camping. <gasps> hey, Yay! Outdoorsy. Like, Let's yeah. stay inside. Yeah. Let's stay inside. Woo! Temperature controlled environments. Uh, it is the absolute worst. Yeah. I hate dirt and sticks. Yes. I hate most living things. Mm-hmm. I hate uh, being sunburnt. I don't like sweating. Um, I do I don't like getting my feet wet when they're inside of socks. Yeah. I don't like sleeping on the ground. I don't like sleeping with just one pillow. Mm. I don't like sleeping. Preach it. I don't like sleeping in trapped spaces Say like a sleeping bag. I don't like not having a podcast to listen to when oh. I fall asleep. I don't like not having my phone plugged into the yes. wall when I fall asleep. Oh. It's just all of these are things. I don't like living too far away from a microwave. Like there's so many things that I hate about camping and I can't believe that families go there together i don't like the possibility of being killed by either another human or an animal or the weather no or the weather i don't want to go to a place where there is a small a small risk that i could be on dateline not on it like i'll be dead yeah but but then on the other hand there's a dateline episode about me (laughs) which we've all wanted i I mean, mean maybe i like camping maybe but yeah, anything outdoorsy, like running, like long distance running, get that out of my life. Hiking, no, camping, nope, yeah, nope, I can't, can't do it, nope, won't do it, can't nope. win with them, can't coach them. I don't want to be in a boat that doesn't have. No, boats are cool. Yeah, boats are fun. Boats are pretty dope. Yeah, 
boats that other people own That's that the they thing. invite you on to. The things I like doing outside are being on boats and um, being in uh, temperature-controlled dining environments. Yeah, where like they have those misters on yeah. you at restaurants. Oh, those are the best. I know. Those are the absolute best. That's how I like enjoying outside. Exactly. Next question. Yes. Related to the Brett Favre news, who do you actually want to see come out of retirement if he could or she could? I'm going to add that. Hmm. Like let's say an athlete, young. let's say uh let's say it could be any time like maybe someone that doesn't have to come out of retirement now but someone where you're like oh I would have I would I would love to see this person just kind of try like in this day and age man um who was an athlete I'm trying to think of like somebody who retired young mm-hmm. that may have left a little bit out on the table like Calvin Johnson in this era of the Do you NFL think he could- he would get 2,000 receiving yards easily. But you're saying, like, not now, but if he were to, like, you're yeah. saying at his age currently right now. At his age currently right now, I think he could put up 1,000 yards. I think he's, what, 34, That's 35. still a really good receiver. Yeah, which Tyler he Lockett was. didn't get 1,000 yards last year, did he? No, no, he got, like, 900-something. I mean, granted, it's a run for his yeah, offense, but, but still, I think, the, I, he had a great season, I think too. Calvin Johnson could put up a 1,000-yard season at his current age. How old is he? I think he's got to be like 34, 35. Oh, yeah. He did leave young. All of us typing. Yeah. Great radio. Uh, okay. 30, he's only 33. Uh, yeah. He could do it. That's a good one. Um, what's the best example of an underdog winning? Ooh. Like, hmm. Let's do real life. Real life? Because everyone thinks Rudy, oh, which is a movies? movie about. No, I, I don't want to go movies. Yeah. I want to go real life. I want a true Cinderella story. I you automatically a, think buzzer beaters. You want a true Cinderella story? I do. You want my, how about my freshman year summer league oh, baseball team? Yeah, no, team. let's make it about you. Yeah, exactly. As I always do. <laughs> uh, we were winless throughout our season's regular season, but there were so few teams in the league that everybody got a playoff berth. Yeah. We were the lowest seeded team. No joke, we beat the highest seeded team Yo! in the first round of the playoffs. You UMBC'd yeah, them. Yeah, we did, yeah. That was our only win of the season. We got trampled in our second game, but we managed to knock that off. Is, it's your only win, but the best win. Yeah, it was. You could trade in wins over random squads over that win. We dogpiled out on the pitcher's mound after that game, even though it was a first-round playoff game. Oh, like, my God. It was nuts. I hated playing on that team, but that's the one good memory of that year. Um, this is one I actually saw earlier. Sorry, texters, but I thought it was really cool. It's, uh, okay, the 16-year-old version of you just moved in and is now your new roommate. <laughs> What's the first thing you guys fight about? Uh, I fight about all the hair that he's leaving in the shower. Because 16-year-old me had very long hair. What? I also fight about him not giving up the remote to me. Please post a picture of 16-year-old you with long hair. I'll, yeah. I you got to find it, Chris. I don't know if I want to post that, but I also would fight about him giving up the remote. Because 28-year-old me has more important shows to watch than whatever 16-year-old That's the thing. I'm watching. like, I think that, uh, I think we would fight over about what to watch. Because 16-year-old me... And 30-year-old me both love watching TV. It's a passion of ours. Um, But I pay for my cable. Yeah. (laughs) 16-year-old me. 16-year-old me is Couldn't pay for anything. No. How much time do I have? Uh, One more. One more. Um, Let's see. What's what's actually harder than it looks? Harder than it looks. I'm going to say... 
You know what? I'm going to not be funny with this one. I'm going to say just sports in general. And I'm going to say I think too many people think that uh, athletes, they don't realize how much athletes put their bodies on the line yeah. and how hard it really is. And and when you complain about why someone's getting paid $20 million to do a job, the answer is usually because about a handful of people can do that job. Yes. I, I 1,000% agree with you. So many people out there will say, like, how can't how come player X can't do this? And it's like because player X would school you yeah. in anything you wanted to do. Yeah, that that's gonna do it for us tonight. <laughs> we'll leave on that note. Uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow night following the Mariners post game show for Seahawks insider Stacy Rost. I'm Curtis Rogers. This is Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle.